Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. What's up? Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It. It is Wednesday, November 29th, 2017. We're coming to you live and direct from WODU on the campus of Old Dominion University. I am in the studio with Miss Paula B. Hey, boo. Hey, boo. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? We have a newbie in the studio, Mr. Justin Gravely from How's Richmond, going? Virginia. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. We have Miss Nikki Curry. What's up, Nick? In the studio. And then we have our sound engineer, Mr. Kavon Robinson, who's getting ready for a very important day on, what is it, December 16th? Yep, the 16th. Wow. I know. <coughs> I'm so excited for you. I remember that. Yeah. I remember graduation day. It's yeah. exciting. It's crazy. It's all this, like, preparation. All I've been hearing is a lot of stress. You talk about, like, finding the job yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, I'm kind of That's anxious. when the real work comes yeah, into play. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous. Yeah. So how was everybody's Halloween? I mean, not Halloween, but Thanksgiving. <coughs> My Thanksgiving was, um, it was good. It was sad. This is the first holiday without my sister. So, and plus I was here and, you know, the rest of my family's in New England. So, um, it was like, I'll say bittersweet. Um, I, I don't, and then, you know, what, what I found because out. Because your, your, your sister. My sister passed away and my dad passed away on Thanksgiving day, right. 22 years ago at four o'clock. But what I found out was that my brother had, um, when they were saying grace, let everybody know around the table that my sister passed away on September 23rd. My dad mm. passed away on November 23rd. So they both passed away on the 23rd, and that was just so weird to us. That was, like, really deep. So, I mean, it's, it's been a difficult holiday, mm-hmm. um, and my birthday's coming up a couple of weeks, and then Christmas. So it's just, like, really weird. Do you guys do anything to, like, commemorate their memory? Well, what they did is that they went around the table and said what they were thankful for, and they just talked about their memory of my sister, and everybody was, like, totally emotional. Uh Uh, My mom, who normally says grace, they said she only got through um, thank you for this food, and then broke down, and then it just went That first year is really, really rough. It's really rough. It's really rough. What about you, sir? What did you do? Um, I hung up at work. I was working um, in the process of it. My um, uncle got killed the week before Thanksgiving. Right. So our family's in bereavement for the whole week. The whole week? Yes. Wow. Tough time. And I, what did you do? You went home, right? Yeah, it was just me and my mom, so we were just kind of like, okay. okay. Did you cook? Football? Yeah, watching football. My mom cooked most all the cooking. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I went <coughs> to tradition. You know, Thanksgiving is like our family reunion time of the year. Sinuses, excuse me. But um, the food was the nastiest. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope nobody's listening. Oh especially God. the I don't oh mind. Oh, my God. Everybody <laughs> should agree. I mean, I, and I figured out I figured out in the barbershop today what it, what the problem was because all the people that could cook, they've all died off. 
And unfortunately, a lot of people who should have been paying attention <laughs> in the kitchen was not were not paying attention. So we did like a potluck. We normally have the catered because it's such a, uh, a large number of people. And we didn't have the catered. So we had different kitchens bringing food. And I mean, it was really good for me because I'm trying to lose weight. So I had a whole plate. And I probably ate about 40% of it. And I only had one plate. So. Yeah, now, see, I had all veggies. You had no turkey? I, no, I didn't have any turkey. I had one little wing, but the rest I had um, collard greens, cabbage, and string beans. That's all I ate. Um, I didn't have any cranberry sauce because I love having um, cranberry sauce, mm-hmm. and that's all I had. Um, it was good. It was different. Was that Thanksgiving? Though? That was Thanksgiving for me. I mean, they had the rest of the stuff uh-huh. and the trimmings and all of that, but, but that's you don't, all do I you, had. Do you eat meat? I do. I uh-huh. eat um, chicken and fish. Okay. That's what, that's what I eat. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I love chicken. I don't, I mean, I'm not eating anymore. I don't eat fried chicken because mm-hmm. I gave that up. Mm-hmm. But, um, Poor thing. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I'm not giving up chicken. Okay. That, uh, that's How was yours, Nikki? Nikki and I had really good. Did you cook? Well, I cooked for the first uh-huh. 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 Oh, okay. Fibbage. What is that? Um, it's like you have to cut a line uh-huh. and people have to choose their line. Uh-huh. That's how you make fibbage. Uh-huh. You pull it off and you bring it back uh-huh. and you try to cook. Uh-huh. Really? My mom wanted to do that, but we didn't have any games. She said we should play games. Well, I like. Yeah, we normally play games um, at Christmas time. Yeah. Like, okay. I coordinate all the games. Like, we'll play um, um, bingo. Um, I came up with this. Well, this game I Googled is called the um, reindeer, um, reindeer Ear Game, where you have to get blow up all these balloons and get um, pantyhose. And you got a certain amount of time that you have to stuff the balloons in the um, pantyhose in each leg to make reindeer ears. So you gotta blow up the balloons and you have to stuff it in the <laughs> but it is so it is so cute. It, it was amazing. And Christmas bingo, we play that. And you never heard of that? Mm-mm. No, we play Pokino. Yeah, we play Pokino as well. You know, I mean that's the big thing really? in our family, yes. Well maybe I'll write you do that? No, really, I've really heard it. It's my first time actually. Yeah. That is a super cool thing to do. You mm. gotta get pantyhose. You gotta get Ooh. balloons. You gotta have somebody. But you gotta have a, like a team of three or four. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta blow up the have somebody blow up the balloons. Then you gotta stuff them in each leg, and it makes um, reindeer ears. Mm. So we got I got um, red and green balloons. So it, it was a super. My family loved it. At first they thought it was corny, but oh my god, they had a blast. <laughs> okay, all right. Never heard. Well, as usual, it's a lot going in, on yes. in the country. I think the main thing that has caught my eye, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, I think it's a witch hunt going on. I think for some reason all these women are coming out of the woodworks <laughs> and some big, powerful figure, male figures, are being taken down. Um, about all the, the way so down. I researched this. So feminists, which is what you you know, you know, guys are, um, they say all around us, they're, they're basically sweeping up all these high-powered men for these sexual harassment and assault allegations. Um, they said at first it was a slow drip with Bill Cosby, um, Roger Ailes, and Bill O'Reilly when they saw their, their careers capsized by women who alleged years of bad behavior. 
and then came Harvey Weinstein, and then I think they said the British Parliament has 36 members who are now being um, accused. Um, in the United States, we had Roy Moore, um, Mark Halpernan, I believe, mm -hmm. um, the New Republic, and then you know today we had um, Matt Lauer, he was fired, and we've had Charlie Rose last week, yes, Kevin Spacey, James Kovacs, um, just to name a few. So you know. This is something that caught my eye. Alabama State Republican um, Ed Henry responded to the allegations of pedophilia against Roy Moore mm -hmm. by calling for his alleged victims to be prosecuted. Because he said, if you believe this man is predatory, then they are guilty of allowing him to exist for 40 years. I think someone should prosecute and go after them because you can't be a victim 40 years after, in my <coughs> opinion. I, I, I agree with that. Me too. Why not? I don't. Why not? I, I mean, because you're still suffering. 40 years later? 40 years later. I mean, it could still, I mean, I felt the same way that you did, but then <coughs> after I really thought about it, mm -hmm. I mean, things that happen to you in your childhood mm -hmm. affects you in your adulthood. Okay. So these women have carried these secrets around for a long time. But why? It only took, because they probably were too afraid to expose, and these are powerful people. Mm -hmm. So of course they're too afraid to say anything. And then, of course, you know, the whole saying, the old saying is that what goes on a house stays in the house. Mm -hmm. So they probably didn't have anybody to talk to about it. So now that all these things are coming out, they are freeing themselves mm -hmm. and exposing these men for what they have been doing to women for centuries. For centuries. Centuries. Why wait 40 some years? 40 some years, yeah. Because you have women that are talking about it now. So now they're feeling comfortable to expose these men. Do you think it's possible that because say their truth. so many people have come forward, yes. now some people are coming through with some erroneous claims? I believe some of it is lying. Why, why do you think that? Some people are going broke and losing money. I mean, it's like every every day, okay. a new person. But one person has not been, you know. Trump, <laughs> he got 16 women accusing him, and he ain't lost his job yet. Not to, not to mention his wife, Ivana. I didn't know that she had accused him of, of, of rape prior to right, him uh, running for president. And then I think in her book she had to put a disclaimer in the beginning that she didn't want the term rape to imply mm -hmm. any type of criminal or something. But I think sooner or later he probably is going to get it because they are going to have to hold him accountable like they're holding everybody else accountable for their actions. Yeah. I mean, what popped off today was just crazy. I, I could, what Charlie Rose just, that crushed freaked, you. That crushed <laughs> me. Because I like Charlie Rose. Yeah. That, that crushed me. Mm -hmm. But the thing of it is, is that women are getting tired of men taking advantage of them and thinking that they can do it just because they are a man mm -hmm. and that you think that you can overpower us, you can't anymore. We're just not going to stand for it anymore. And if you want to lose all your money, all your wealth for for a quick five minutes mm -hmm. or trying to get somebody for sex, you want to lose all of that just for five minutes of Because the women were victims, correct? They are victims. Did you believe all Harmless them? victims. They are harmless victims. Yeah. I mean, are you're you sitting sure? here groping me, telling, trying to, you know, touch mm -hmm. me and be inappropriate, and you think that that's okay because you're a man and you can think so, mm. and you have power, you have money, and you think you Poor can do that. Poor harmless women. Are you, you know kidding? What? We are victims. No, no, We've no, been no. victims for All years. All y'all are not victims. <laughs> a lot of women walked in there, wanted their career, the and then being very ambitious and knew what they had to do. Some to do. women. Mm -hmm. know not that it's okay, right so or wrong, but they knew 
very well what they were but, walking okay, in. Okay, but let me let me just tell you. Let me uh -huh. just say this. I, like this. Okay, I'm gonna go back to this movie that. Okay. That I, one well, of my uh, people who want to call in because we had a lot of people who were commenting on it. You can call in at seven five seven six eight three four four zero five if you want to weigh in on this question. Go ahead. Okay, so I was watching this movie, but it was true. Mm -hmm. It was The Imitation of Life of Alana Turner. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. And it was one scene in the movie that sticks out to me. I mm -hmm. mean, there's a lot of scenes, mm -hmm. but this really sticks out to me. Because she went in pretending that she was from California. Some guy sent her in there, mm -hmm. you know, but what she was lying. Mm -hmm. So he was like pretty much telling her, okay, well, if he sent you in here, you know what time it is. Mm -hmm. So he pretty much let the, everybody, office staff, leave. She was in there fixing her something to drink, starting to approach her and all this other kind of stuff. And she's like, no, this is not, that's not how I want to do it. He's like, well, you know, this is how it's done. Mm -hmm. So it's always been known that, especially in Hollywood, mm -hmm. that's the thing that, that happens. You have no, really no choice in the matter if you want to be famous. No, you do have a choice. You do have a choice. You do have a choice. You yeah. don't have to give up. Yourself you know, even if, but, but here's the thing. Even if you say no, mm -hmm. they're going to take it anyway. And this is what's happening. Do you think women do it? Yes. No. You don't think any, women any, do it? Hold hold up. Has, I, I think it would take a very special type of a man to come forward and say, but you don't believe there are any high-powered women who have the, yes. Get out of here. What? <laughs> you don't Wait, believe that? They have any come out? But hold on. What that, you, that's the what same thing as men women? coming out against domestic violence, about being raped and stuff like that. It takes a lot because of the masculinity that we're supposed to portray. But, so. but here's but the question is, mm -hmm. what gave these men the right, like Charlie Rose, uh, Matt, to do anything like that and not think that it's going to cost you at the end? Because sooner or later, like I'm telling you, mm -hmm. I've, I've had conversations with uh, my girlfriends regarding this. Mm -hmm. you, they're getting tired of men taking advantage of them. You see what I'm saying? Men are like thieves in the night. They steal everything. They want to steal your cookies. Uh, they but, did you your all but did you believe all of these women? Absolutely. Oh, you because all of them. Well, evidently it's got to be true because the thing of it is is that they're either quitting before it's time for them to quit. There's people, there's politicians that are leaving their position before they even start calling out their name. But the th the there's actors and there's actors that's not fighting. They're like they're just leaving. What actor has fought and said this is not true and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight? None of them. How many of them have paid thousands of dollars in hush money? All of them. They have lost their jobs, contracts, millions of dollars. Millions. Just to touch the top cops and the punani. Are you kidding but me? Can I say this? Get up. This is me. That's men. They're, they're, if you are a victim, nasty. if you are a victim, and you want to prosecute them so they can go to jail, but instead you are taking money, that lets me know you are lying behind the whole ordeal. Many people take this no. money, they shut their mouth, and they go and hide out. Uh, if you really want your victim to pay, you're going to take it to court and say, forget the money. I just want y'all to know what they did statement. to me. And you will not take no money because this is me. Well, if you are really raped, why would you take the money to follow that? You should have took the money when they offered you the first why, beginning why are you and offered, kept your mouth quiet. Why are you offering me the money? Why are you offering me the money? Because you know why? Most of them know you're lying. And it's going to shut no. you up. No. No, no. You're lying because this is me. So if I can pay you. You claim you to avoid the whole situation. And you want me prosecuted? You want me to go to jail? Okay, but that could be for both of us. I mean, that's my own restitution. If you're going to give me $14 million to keep my mouth shut, 
then I, I can avoid the embarrassment of the whole trial and think, I may do that because I got kids, I got my mom. So why don't we just come to the table? What will make you happy? What will keep you just quiet? So both of us will not have to go through anything and to protect but our family. Why families. would you bring it up then if, if you want to protect your family, your kids, and all of because that? Because you did something to me. Of course I'm going to bring it up. And this makes, so wait, let, me just, let me just make this point. So why is it all of a sudden all the men are saying that um, they have to go to counseling? They're apologizing for their actions. You know, um, what was the thing that um, Kevin Spacey was saying? He was apologizing. What was what? Um, what I can't think of it. And a couple of them said that. Well, pretty much what they were saying was that you know they didn't realize they had this problem. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go seek help for it. Yo, you grabbed like a zillion women. You you approached a zillion men. Now all of a sudden, you didn't realize. You know, just forgive me. I didn't really realize that I, it was a problem. You did this to thousands and hundreds. I'm not gonna say thousands, hundreds of women. But you can't be so of when. Fun. So when is enough enough? When are we? When are women supposed to take their stance of you? We're not doing this anymore. It, this is trickling into not even to everyday women where they're looking at now their mates and like, you know what? We don't have to take this anymore. We don't have to stand for this anymore. We're our own person. We have our own right. You know, you're, we're not going to let you define who we are. If I say to you, no, I don't want to have sex with you, I don't want to have sex. You shouldn't have to make, I shouldn't have to make me feel bad because it's something that I don't want to do because this is my body. I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you say to me, if you get an attitude and be like, oh, well, I'm going to go have sex with this because I'm your wife or your girlfriend. If I say no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because when y'all say y'all don't want to do it, you shut the whole show down. <laughs> I'm about to cuss and I'm not. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. So why can't we say no? 40 years is a long time, though. 40 years is a long time. That's just, that, that's just a number that just sticks on me when they come out like really, really late. That's just. It's I mean, I, I mean, I'm in agreement with that. That is, a, that is. I a don't long want to be time. insensitive to the fact that okay, maybe they were grieving over that yeah. period of time, but it's still that's a long time. Just to be sitting it on your conscience, and then it's like now you want to come out after the whole life them. And it's such a large so number of yeah. people. And I feel sorry for them if they are victims, yeah. but it should be a stipulation on when you can come out about this. That's true. W mm -hmm. Women do have triggers. Um, when you are violated mentally or physically, and it's something that can, somebody says, or any a movement that a male can make will trigger you and just bring all of that back. It's, it's hard to get rid of all of that. Even when you go to counseling, I mean, they can help you with it, but when that trigger comes, it brings it all back to you. So when you find that you have a platform where you could talk about it, amongst other women that have been victims, of course they're going to say it. You know, I, I don't, do I think that it's right that you bring up something 40 years later? But if it still affects you 40 years later, and it affects you now, yes, you have a right to talk about it. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Okay. And the well, bottom line, yeah, at the end of the day, a man is a man, and it's all about well, men getting well, hold on. We're not going to generalize. generalize. Okay. All right, I'm not going to. Uh -huh. Okay, I'm not but going to. But it's like you're trying to put men down like women don't do nothing. I heard you, Nikki. Uh, <coughs> but to me, I think it should be a stipulation that you can't come out so many years down the line. Because 40 years, they should, no. I'm sorry. 
Okay, who does all the the sexual assaulting and the rapes? Is it women or is it men? There, it, Hold it, up, who does you, all? Usually, it's most. It is men. I'll say most. No, no, I'm, I'm not gonna say, say it's all. usually men because most men do not come out and say they was victims mm-hmm. to certain stuff. They not. So what you're saying is that I, me, if I see somebody and I and I want some, and you telling me no, but I'm gonna take it from you. So you're saying that I can overpower a guy? Yes. Well, <laughs> man, oh my God, this is ridiculous. So I'm you're saying yes. you're you gonna make me tell you why this first this first run? Are, are you are you trying to tell me that? Are you trying to tell me that I can overpower a guy that's six four? Almost. You could have put something in his groin. But there are some well, girls who, who pursue sex from from men who are very aggressive in that matter. And I mean, I don't know. Jeez. And then, like with Harvey Weinstein, a lot of these women, um, I guess they were promised advancement in their career. So I think probably more situations with women because there are a lot of high power women um, who like Oprah. Oh, I didn't want to say that. Name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're going to rewind and, and erase I mean, that name. I'm, but I'm, I'm just saying, say people who are in those type positions, who you know, right? I'm going to say that because that's the norm in Hollywood. That is the norm that women think that in order for them to get where they need to go, uh-huh. they're going to have to put out, uh-huh. and that's what it is. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah, but that's what time it is. You see what I mean? But they're trying to change that. I don't want to put out anymore. I want I want you to hire me because of my talents. But men know that that's because they set the standard for that. In order for you to get this, you're going to have to do this for me. And if you don't want to do it, screw you. I can go. There's like five other women that's will, willing to do it for me. Okay. But you should never even put a woman in position to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The number again to call in is 757-683-4405. That's Paula, she needs some help. No, I don't. She's the only that's w- manipulation. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, they can come and enjoy me. She needs I'm, some help right now. I'm good. That's manipulation. That's what men do. They manipulate women. So do you consider yourself a feminist? No, I just consider myself a realist. A realist. Yeah, right. I mean, I keep it real. You know that. Well, I thought you did, but okay. okay. What are you saying? Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't like the fact that you generalize all men. And okay, I don't like the fact that so you play... These women so who who, who appear so small, who, who want to appear so strong that they're these victims, who all these all of these men, all these women walk into these situations as victims. I don't believe that. I think a lot of these people who they knew what they were getting into, they knew what went like you said that that what you said the casting couch, they sure. knew about those situations. And now that Bill Cosby and all these other people have been prosecuted, this is a prime time for them per- perhaps for revenge, for more money. I think that a lot of these people are taking advantage of the opportunity. So when, when, tell me about the manipulation, how you manipulate a woman to do something like that, to make her feel less than herself. You have to do this. That's manipulation. Is, am I right? It is. It is. Come on now. That's manipulate. The men manipulate women. Men know what to say to get what it is that they want, period, down the line. Because look. Go ahead. And I'm not saying that women are weak. This mm. is why I had a conversation. To me, that's what you're portraying. No, that's what you're I saying. I had a conversation with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. And the thing of it is, is that so many things, you have so many relationships, relationships with men. Uh-huh. And we get hurt from one to the other to the next. And the thing of it is, it ends up making us bitter. 
And the thing of it is, and that's why they ended up turning. That's into, the key word, I think. There right, you go. Right. So there's some bitter women out here. And but it's you're God's right. fault because we're bitter. We wear our hearts oh, on our shoulders. You're bitter. We wear our hearts on. You make us bitter. You're bitter. You make us bitter <laughs> because of the things that Can't, you do. No one can make you anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can either choose I, listen, to do it. Listen, I say, just like um, Noah. Okay, okay, that's next. Okay. Uh-huh. Put your cards on. That's what I say. Put your cards on the table. If I'm telling you to put your cards on the table mm-hmm. and don't do the dog and pony show, mm-hmm. you don't have to tell me. And I'm just talking because of the conversations yeah. I have with mm-hmm. my friends. You don't have to tell me that you love me to get the punani because if I want to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through all of that, but that's what they do. You A lot of times you can get on the regular if you say, I love you, though. See, that's. But why do you have to say it? Why do you have to believe it? Because. Why do you have to believe it? But why do you have to say it? Why can't you just say what it is? But, I and mean, if I don't want to do it, you don't have to tell me okay, all of that. Okay, let's switch over to the conversation. Okay, let's go. So the movie, um, She's Got to Have It, yes, came out it. Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. You and I, we binge-watched it <coughs> in one day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I did. I don't think, when did you do the last? I seen the last episode when I came back. I watched all ten episodes I watched in episodes. one setting. It was good. Did it you was see very it? good. You didn't see it? Did you say I haven't it? seen it yet either. Oh, oh my God, it's it. super good. You gotta watch it's crazy because it. um, my professor actually produced the original. Oh, really? Yeah, Monty Ross. Yeah, he actually worked with Spike Lee and everything like that. Oh, he's like wow. African-American film studies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He actually worked on really? it. I wonder if he had anything mm-hmm. to do with this one. I know he's getting some royalties from it, but I don't okay. know if he actually worked on okay, it. Okay, because I, I didn't see I don't think I saw the first. I might have, but I don't <laughs> recall it like I did this one. But, okay, so she's got to have it. I know the original one, she was, she appeared to be like this. Feminist, number one, she was a feminist. Yes. And then she was, to me, she was a nymphomaniac. She was a freak. But um, she doesn't like to be labeled or anything like that. So her name, Nola Darling, she's in, involved with Jamie, Mars, Greer, and then a female, Opal. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. so um, what, did, what, what did you think about it, the whole show? I, um, what did you get away, take away I, from I, it? I loved it. Uh-huh. Uh, my takeaway was that She's her own person, and just because she wants to be involved with three men, mm-hmm. don't look at me like I'm a hoe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm doing what men do, mm-hmm. and it's okay for them to do that, mm-hmm. and it should be okay for me to do it. Don't put me in a box like that, and don't. Ca- and she told him. And see, this is what I liked about her. She told him, jump from straight up. Don't catch any feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't do it mm-hmm. because. This is not what time it is because this is all about me because I'm not going to let you control me. And that's one of, that's one of her biggest things. You're not going to be able to control me. Possess her. And, and right. Possess her and make right. her do what it is that you want her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she only has sex in her love bed. Mm-hmm. She's not going to have sex in your in, in your zone. She's going to have it in her zone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I – she was free in what she did. She was she, a free spirit. She was a free spirit. And, you know, and it wasn't all about the coins or what they could do for her because nine times – It was about that. <laughs> it was. It, no. She, she said she it in episodes well, she 10 or 9, and that's why she liked Jamie. Because he took care, of, he well, took care of her. Well, because he was like a father figure to her. But Jamie, father, that's nasty. That's what she. Well, <laughs> you know when they, when they, when she went to her therapist. Yeah, and right. She was who breaking, I believe also had an interest. But go ahead. Well, I, I do too. Yeah. But she was breaking the three gentlemen down. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and that's what she had said about Jamie. But Jamie is the one that she really cares about. The mm-hmm. one that she really has to be careful with mm-hmm. because. 
she she has she really does have feelings for him out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, each of them um, brings something different to the table, and right. she can't combine them all. So right. I can't combine them all. So I'm just gonna have all three, and I can do that. Can do just that. like when, okay, how did you feel about when she had? We were talking about this the black dress episode. What do you mean? She when she wore that black dress three different times, three different ways. Right, three different ways, uh-huh. and she went out with Jamie. He was like, "Ooh, that black dress." He was like, "You he know, was a, he was ashamed of her in that black dress." Right, because of the place they were at. But the right. thing of she was saying to him, "I don't care if you're ashamed of me or not. Mm-hmm. It's how you're looking at me in the black dress." But that's not what this black dress represents, exemplifies. She was, she was cuckoo. She was cuckoo. She was why? Because she that, was that there's a difference between being free and out of line. He knew what she what she knew what he did for a living. She I'm sure she had an idea of where she was going. Like you said, that was his coworker. She was she shouldn't have been dressed like that. Uh, if somebody if she came into the place and we were his colleagues, we knew that wasn't his wife. We would know exactly what well, we would assume exactly what type of girl she was by how she presented herself. Okay, so that's I talk about image all the time, and that's. When you looked at her, the dress was short, tight, everything was showing. She looked out of place. Well, see, that's when he has said, if you don't want anybody to look at you in a certain way, you should dress a certain way. What is a certain way you're supposed to dress? Because sometimes when I go out, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'll wear low-cut stuff because mm-hmm. I like to have my I girls. I remember. Right, remember? Mm-hmm. I like to have my girls out sometimes mm-hmm. because I think it's sexy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sexy for me. Now, if you So when a man me, comes to you and he's showing sexual attention to you, you shouldn't be offended or surprised. And but, the thing, but, the, but the thing of it is, is that that is you shouldn't do that, though. Just because I have my girls out, and if you come and tell me that I look nice, that's fine. But that doesn't give you I mean, right. I'm not it's saying like, touching you and right, stuff like that. Right, but that's the same thing Nola was saying. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm dressed like that doesn't give you the right to think that I'm this way because I'm dressed that way. That's your impression. But no, that's how I feel confident in myself. So what's that the I purpose of it? Because it, I think it looks you're not, sexy for You're not my, doing that for, for attention? Myself. No, because I'm You do that at myself. home, standing in front of the mirror. No, I mean, I, because I like the way it looks. I'm not trying to get attention. I mean, I get attention with my clothes on, with nothing showing. But if that's if I feel comfortable and this is what I want to wear, that's what I want to do. Okay. Do you believe that, bull? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean. Thank you. You know, I understand, you know, the so whole. I understand the whole movement. I understand the movement. girls. Yeah. Amber Rose, if you thought Amber Rose walking down the, the, street, the sidewalk here on campus, mm. your first impression of her is going to be that she's a certain type of a girl. Mm. So if you go, you know, baby, whatever, trying to push up on her, she can't be surprised that you're doing that yeah. because that's the type of attention that she's drawing. So she can't say I'm a classy, holy, like your favorite <laughs> word, holy, whatever, because that's not, that's not the product that she's presenting so is what I'm saying. But the thing of it is, here again, this uh-huh. is what I'm talking about. Always putting the labels on a woman. It's all. It's so always. You just want, you just want to be victim the whole show. No, but it's always putting labels on us. But, mm-hmm. like but the thing of it is, you got. Why? Because I, I want to do what I want to do when I get ready to do it, and I can't do it because of what I think that y'all gonna think. Get out of here with that. The thing of it is, is that you guys and gentlemen, the three piece suit. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Look all nice, reserved and everything, and be a pedophile, and no people don't even know it, and you don't even look the part. And that happens all the time. <laughs> that happens all the time. Uh-huh. But here I am. I'm, I'm letting you know this is me. Okay. I'm not a hoe. I'm not, you see what I mean? But this is how I feel. This is the way I like this outfit, mm-hmm. and I want to put it on. Mm-hmm. And when I put it on, I wear it well, damn well. Well, let, let's talk about this. So yes. one of the biggest things, like you were saying early, 
she just wanted to have sex. She wanted the, the I guess, the companionship. Right. But she advised not to catch feelings. So what do you do when two people become out of sync? And one person, they catch feelings. And the other person, you know, they're sticking to the word. It's just about sex. What, what do you well, do in those type situations? I mean, she they said that, that she had a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. She did have a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. And she always told them, you need to stick to the rules. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning of the game, she told him, mm-hmm. you see what I mean? And you, you already know the rules. Mm-hmm. But, and she stuck to that. She did not change. But the thing of it is, is that if you happen to catch feelings, now you're trying to control her with your feelings. Mm-hmm. And she was not having that. She was like, you could, you could dip. You could go because I'm not, you're not going to run me. You're not going to control me. So you know the rules. You got into the game. It was already set. You shouldn't have caught the feelings because you know it was all about the slap and tickle and having a great time. Okay. Right? Okay. And she was true to her. So let's switch the tables. Let's say that it was the guy. Nola was a guy. Yeah. Is, is this when you would start playing the victim role? <laughs> no. As long, but see, this is, this is my problem. This is the saint, and Nikki knows my saint. Mm-hmm. As long as you tell me what sandbox we're playing but in. But why do people have to tell God gives us all this inner compass. You can call it your intuition, no, the, your gut, the tough. Holy Spirit, or whatever. <laughs> But you always there's always a sign where you know if somebody's feeding you some BS or not. No. Now whether you no, choose to, sir. there's always a sign. Well, I mean, whether yeah, you okay. whether you something something doesn't feel right. It says something something's off. Something's not lining up. But sometimes you want something so bad that you choose to overlook certain things. That is true. And then in the end, you want to cry victim. Somebody should have you shouldn't have told me this. But there's always always unless it's like a one night stand, you may not get it. But if it's a period of a time, somebody's going to slip up somewhere or your instinct is going to pick up on something. Whether you choose to listen to it or not, that's a different thing. Well, this we call that red flag. Right, red, flag. red flag. Exactly. Red flag. They're so always red flags. That's why I think women are different than men. And that's why I really enjoy watching. Appendages. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, she has, she's got to have it because she was true to hers and she was true to them because she didn't want her feelings to get hurt and she did not want their – she actually was protecting herself and them. You think she's been hurt? That's why she's doing I, what I she's think, doing? I think yeah. maybe so. Mm. And the thing of it is, is that just like when they had that dinner at Thanksgiving, when she invited <sighs> all of them. That was another thing. Mm. That's so, I know, but a man, <laughs> but see, women are built different. Uh-huh. A man would never do that. You understand what I'm saying? Because he he's not honest enough to do that. Uh-huh. You know, where she's like, well, I'm going to bring y'all all I up. don't and know a woman who would be. You have a question. Yeah. I don't know a woman who would be. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the original. So did I. I haven't seen this one yet. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they are asking for if a man has on a pair of tight jeans showing his right. print. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Print. You can say print. Yeah. Platform. That's a very good question. So you go ahead and answer that, bruh, while you go ahead. Well, you know, can you, can we from a male point of view. She said, can she restate that? Can, yeah. So if a, if a man 
has on tight jeans, like, and tight pants, uh-huh. and showing his this is this is the little right. edition that's what his shirt is, right. whatever. Uh-huh. Um, does that mean that women should assume that he wants sex? That's a tricky yeah. question because sometimes you don't have a. I mean, it's there. Yeah, I'm gonna say. No. I mean, when I wear skinny jeans, you can My see it. My boobs are here. So what? what are you, no, no, so no. What are you huh? I'm gonna say no because I do wear tight jeans sometimes. Yeah. And you wear them a lot of times. You are gonna see it nine times out of ten. Yeah. When I have on tight jeans. That's any man because it's I, there. But I mean, <laughs> no, I <laughs> any man who, like back in the day, I think of Eddie Murphy. Remember, he used to wear those tight leather pants. Yeah. I mean, it was to be sexually suggestive. So yeah, it was it was to be sexy, just like when you wear your tight big apple bottoms. <laughs> Not you personally. Do you have apple bottoms? I don't apple know if you have apple bottoms. <laughs> but I mean, it's the same thing. It's to draw attention. You're not doing it because it's comfortable. You're not doing it because your favorite, your, your favorite pair of jeans. You're doing it for the attention. Well, if we're not gonna run up to you and be like, "Wow, look at that," you see what I'm well, saying? Well, I know mm-hmm. some women who will. Some women do do it. Yeah, I know some women who will. I had done on my job. I mean, I'm not saying that they <laughs> won't, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying, nine times out of ten, no, they're mm-hmm. not. Go- we're not no, going. No, about to do four that. times out of ten, mm-hmm. there's some freaky women out there. Trust me. I mean, me. Yeah, but women are. are but the thing of it is today, women are not. So um, you only talk to women down at the church. <laughs> I think that's what I you do. I talk to no church women. <laughs> <laughs> they probably like You're that. You're not talking to no real women. Because <laughs> yeah, remember, I'm women. in a salon, so I, I hear right, women. But, uh, and I'm surprised. Well, I'm like, I'm, back in the day when I was, you know, messing with y'all, I was like, this. <laughs> y'all didn't do this type of stuff. But women are bold nowadays. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Women are bold today. Uh-huh. They, I mean, so much. I don't know if I can say this. So much so that a lot of women, you know, take care of their own. They can take care of their own self. They can get pleasure and take care of their own self and be comfortable in that. We're we're most comfortable in our skin now and say right have sex with themselves because they right and the, right exactly. And so it's the thing, nasty, the, thing <laughs> the thing of it is, is that they no longer want to be bound to. I w- this is what I want you to practice doing. Stop saying they, because you're not a representative of all of them. So what do you want me say to say? Mo- just say most of the women, or the women well, I know. Well, most of the women mm-hmm. don't want to be bound to that anymore. They want to be free to say no if they don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You can't control me. They're t- they want to get out of the box. And that's that's what um, Lola, what's her name? Nola. Nola. Nola Darling. You know, Nola Darling. Yes. You know, she, you, she like was not allowing me to. She was not allowing any man to put her in a box. I mean, I learned a lot from her. It's so much so that I was I was in tears. You know, we have a question here from Facebook. Okay. Um, or statement, I should say. Women talk, we don't touch. We are miserable. Exactly. Women talk, we don't touch? We don't. We don't. You don't see us making like the first advance. We'll, we'll tell you. What? We'll, t- we'll tell you. From Shanika as well. Right. Oh, and okay. Well, we'll Shanika, t- she's a different breed. <laughs> No. no. But what if we said That's we, my we, we go friend. on a date? Uh-huh. So what am I? Go ahead. <laughs> Answer. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we go on uh-huh. our first date. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking really nice and mm-hmm. everything, and I already know that I'm not, the answer is no. But you trying to, your best to be like, oh, you know, let me take you to my house. We can have a little nightcap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. No, I really want you to come. I want to show you my fish. No, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You try now. I've already told you no. I don't want to come to your house. This is our first date. Mm-hmm. But you're still trying to coerce me, coerce me into coming to your house and have sex with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you no. So why do you guys do that? Because all in your mind you said I done right. fed her. And I, I definitely can't answer that for you. I don't well, do I that. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I done fed her. Gave gave her this. I I, I want the cookies. 
And then if I do give you the cookies, then you may not ever call me again. True. See, that's so that's I can answer. That's true. There was a one night stand. Especially if it's that first night. Okay. Now, what I did like what you said when you pointed out the fact that people should be more upfront uh, with your intentions. But then again, from a male point of view, if we're totally upfront, sometimes you know, unless you're this new type of one, this this Nola darling <laughs> type woman, then you know, we're gonna lose our chance of, like Coach says, getting the cookies. So maybe it wasn't meant for you to have the cookies, though. Why wouldn't it so be meant? So this goes to this this goes to prove my point, and this uh-huh. is what I told Coach too. This proves my point uh-huh. that men are nasty. That's all y'all Hold want up. because nope. the thing of it is, you will say anything. Just I'm not gonna take the chance to tell her nothing. This because I want to get the cookies. Bottom line, I want to get the cookies. So I'm not gonna be upfront with her. I am gonna tell her this so I can get the cookies. That's okay. what y'all gonna do. Yeah, that's that's probably that's because more than likely what we are going right, to it's do. It's all about that third head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, we're not finished with this conversation, no, but you know what? Our first guest is on the line, Miss Velma Traham. She's an award-winning marketing consultant, speaker, and author. Um, she's the author of the book "When God Says Go: Turn Your Storms into an Unshakable Relationship with God, Leaving It All Behind." When God Says Go is a book that speaks to everyone, everywhere, regardless of where they are or what they have experienced. Traham's book is a tour de force of faith and understanding of the human condition. So please help me welcome to the show, Ms. Velma Traham. How are you doing, ma'am? Hi, I'm Gordon. Yourself? Doing very well. We were in a, a heated discussion. I'm sorry. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, let's just get right, right right to it. When you your book, when God says go, what inspired you to to write this book, and what's the story behind you choosing that title for the book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I, I considered um, is that when I developed a close relationship with God, it inspired me um, to write when God says go. When I was led by the Spirit of God to um, leave my hometown, Houston, Texas, to um, relocate and just leave everything that I built behind and to um, start a, a new life. And so um, I was given the name by the Spirit of God when God says go. Hmm. Okay. okay. You were quoted saying God often used our deepest pains as a launching pad for our greatest calling. How was this being proven true in your life? Mm-hmm. I went through a... Um, divorce in 2015 and um, I was at a point in my life when I had everything that you can ever think of and I wasn't a humble person and um, God began to um, take things from me and to uh, remind me that what I'm given what I'm gifted with is not just for me but it is to um, be of purpose to other people so when God put me in a situation, well, when I put myself in a situation when I thought that I was accomplishing everything on my own um, and God began to show me, of course, those things were very hurtful. It's hurtful to lose everything. It's hurtful to um, go through a divorce. It's hurtful to have people betray you. So all of those things are um, very hurtful, but it wasn't, um, it was in the midst of those pains, mm-hmm. in the midst of those um, trials that I began to realize that God had a greater calling. So oftentimes when trouble strikes and, and we go through adversity and things in life, mm-hmm. we think that, you know, it's meant to keep us down or to 
um, you know, keep us in bondage, but it's really um, there to shape us and to help us to grow through the obstacles that we go through. Mm-hmm. That's usually when most of the shaping and the growth happens when we go through those those fires. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Velma, how are you? This is Paula. How are you? Hi, Paula. I'm great in yourself. I'm doing well. Um, question for you. Do you think church... I'm sorry. Do you think church has lost its zeal because it's more like a business than a place to find peace and really hear from God? I I I, I absolutely do think that. Um, and for me, it's it's relatively hard for me to say that. Um, and it's because I work with churches. I on my marketing and PR company, we help um, churches with their internal infrastructure and things like that. But one of the most important things that I believe that. Um, is is missed in the church is the authenticity mm-hmm. and the transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, people are not coming to church because they feel like they have to be perfect to go, because it appears that most people in the churches are perfect, and in fact, those are the worst ones and need more help than the people that aren't in church. So um, the, the, the realistic thing is, and this is something that I pray about every single day, I believe that there needs to be more people that are transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the leaders and the pastors um, should begin to, to not go to church to be served, because Jesus, Jesus wasn't here to be served. Jesus was a server. He served people. So when you look at a lot of these pastors having armor bearers and um, security people with them and stuff like that, no, that, that's not welcoming. And, and it's not letting the it's not giving the people that really need to be healed that sense of you know I'm here for you that sense of the church is the body of Christ the church is a place for hurting people and we are all hurting but because they have a facade people don't want to get into that people don't want to go in there and a lot of times people have you know been hurt you know a lot of things I'm I'm seeing are happening within the church. So I just think that the leaders need to become more um, transparent and authentic and, and stop wanting to be served and put on high pedestals and know that you're there. You're a messenger for Christ, and that's all you are. Good word, good word. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. This, this is Will again. So in your book, you speak of how people can handle uh, negative self-defeating thoughts. What are your tips for people? Yep. The biggest one of my one of my um, the biggest tip is when those negative thoughts come to our mind, we automatically have to be aware where they come from. They come from the enemy, and a lot of the thoughts that come to our mind aren't aren't true. Mm-hmm. It's what the enemy plants in our mind to keep us from moving forward, to keep us in bondage, so that we're fearful to move forward, so that we're fearful. We 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 start to assume this person feel like this about us or assume that the you know if i do this then i won't i won't be successful so those are all um tricks of the enemy to um have us thinking things that are not true so immediately when those thoughts begin to come into my mind i block them automatically i say i rebuke you satan in the name of jesus um that's one thing that i do um the second thing that i do when those thoughts 
um, began to come to my mind, I changed the channel. It's like if you're looking at a television um, and you see something you don't want to see or hear, then you hurry up and change the channel so that way you don't give it time. You don't give that content time to seep down into your spirit. You don't want to give yourself time to even meditate and ponder on it. And a lot of times when those thoughts come to our mind, we begin to ponder on those thoughts. So I would say change the channel immediately and begin to um, rebuke it because 99% of the time, those thoughts are not true at all. Mm-hmm. So what do you focus? Do you, so you, when you say change the channel, you're speaking you refocus your mind. Uh, yep, refocus oh, your mind to begin to think, you know, you can do it or to begin okay. to think you know, an optimistic side, you know, if the devil has said, oh, you can't do it, or or you can't, or you're going to fail, then you begin to say to yourself, no, I am more than a conqueror. Oh, I can do all things through Christ, you know, um, and so that's what I begin to, to, to refocus my mind and my thoughts on, and I say, I begin to speak things, because you got to speak those things as though they are, even though they're not, and that's all a part of, you know, walking by faith. So just refocusing and pivoting those thoughts. Okay, this is Justin. Was it hard to surrender to God's will? Oh, my God. It, it really was. It, it really was hard to surrender. And oftentimes, you know, it, it's hard for anybody to surrender because our flesh is, is – all we know is our flesh. So to, to, to allow something or a spirit that we've never physically met or physically been able to see – is a very very hard thing so um what happened was i i basically had to come to the end of myself when and when i say the end of myself um you know we go around in circles and we fail and 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 things happen to us and and we you know we just feel like okay why are these things happening and ultimately they're happening because we didn't create us, you know, the, the God created us, and only God knows the plan that he has for our life. And so when things aren't going well, we begin to, to well, I began to say, okay, I'm, I'm just tired of this. I, and so I said, okay, let me, let me surrender. And when I surrendered, it got even worse because that's when I had my car accident, when the Spirit of God told me to leave, I left. And then four weeks into being in Atlanta, I had a car crash that should have killed me. And then I began to really question. I'm like, okay, now I surrender, and then now this. And so then I began to see that God really, really wanted me to just surrender, let go, mm-hmm. and just start start all over. And that's basically, um, you know, the logistics of it. But it is hard to to um, to surrender. But once you get it, then you'll begin to see the things manifesting in your life. You know, we just had a listener who commented. She said, most people have not tapped into what God has called them to be, so they live below their privileges. God has great plans. Oh, that's absolutely, that is absolutely true. And um, people don't have a relationship, a real relationship with God. That's the most important thing is that you have to have a real relationship with God in order to hear him because a lot of people think that they hear him. Oh, God told me to start this business, and then the business failed. Well, God didn't tell you that from the beginning. You have to be in tune. You really have to be in tune with the Spirit of God. Have a relationship. Spend time with God. You know, meditate, pray, read your Bible, um, and, and, and those type of things. That's how you really develop a relationship with God. It's not 
like, you know, I'm going to ask God for this. If God don't give it to me, then I don't have a relationship. No, you trust and believe in God, even when things are going bad. And then when God begins to see your, 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 your faith and your walk, then he began to add those other things unto you. That was a great segue to my question. And my question is, why is it so hard to trust God when things are not going right in your life? Well, because, I mean, automatically in the flesh, when things aren't going right, at the present moment, we begin to just feel discouraged. We feel let down. Um, you know, when, when bad things happen to us, we don't see the end of the picture. We only see what we're going through right then and there. Um, that that's that's one of the biggest things. When I was going through all of what I was going through, I didn't see where I am today. I, I had no clue that you know I would now have a, a real estate investing company, be on book tours, have a top marketing and PR. I didn't I didn't see when I was going through all of those things that to be where I am today. And so I just encourage people to to that to know that if you are going through the storm if you are going through it don't just go through it but you have to grow through it mm. there is there is positive there is something positive in the midst of every single storm but if you would just if you would just ask god god what is in this god will begin to show you because even though i was going through those things I began to see things that God was showing me, even though it was hurtful at the time. And we have to sacrifice. So then I began to say, you know what? I've spent half of my life doing everything that I wanted to do, that Velma wanted to do. Mm. Now it's time. Everybody else had used me. Now it's time that I allow God to use me. And then that's how I began to focus and just you know, surrender, let go, and even in the midst of the storm, I stood on the I stood on the, the verses in the Bible. Um, you know, when you talk about um, when when God sent um, Moses, you know, to to uh, and all of those stories and and things of that sort, you be they stood on faith and they knew that they were going they they were going to go through hell, and in life we got to go through hell. Jesus had to pack, his had to carry his own cross. They talked about him, they did, they nailed him, and they, you know, persecuted him, they slandered him. And so the thing is this, if they did all of that to him, then what will these people do to us? Mm. And so you have to just fix your mind on, I am an overcomer, and then believe in it. Stand and walk tall, regardless of what you're going through. Keep your head up high, period. Well said. I have seen um, many, many, many years um, people pray and, um, you know, just been so faithful for the, to the church and to God and I, their life has never changed. They still are going through, but they still, when, when is it, when is it going to happen for them? You know, that's my question. When is it going to happen? But I, I think that's why I have been so discouraged because, you know, I have prayed for many things, mm -hmm. for healing, all kinds of stuff. And um, just believed in it and never seen anything manifest, which which is very discouraging. I mean, even so much so when it came to my sister, you know what I mean? Um, it's hmm. just, when does it happen? Is it ever going to happen? Are we just, you know, I've seen people pray for things, pray for things, and I've never seen a change. Mm -hmm. um, and they're still praying to this day. Uh, 
and it is that's discouraging to me yeah, because yeah. when when am I going to see it? Is, is it ever going to happen? Mm. I mean, I pray for the whole world. I pray ah. for a lot of people, but I haven't seen any movement. Um, so mm. I, I, I I question that. Mm-mm-mm. You know, that is a really really great question, and um, there are going to be some there there may be some people that may get a little upset about what I'm getting ready to say, but. What I talk about is truth, and I I don't talk about anything unless I've been able to get through it. This is what I will say. There are some leaders and pastors that are spiritually dead. Mm. When I say spiritually dead, meaning on Sunday they're in the pulpit preaching out of the same mouth that they've been doing whatever they do the other six days of the week. Um, Mm -hmm. sinning and doing things that they have no business doing. And on Sunday, they may very well have the the anointing of the Holy Spirit over them while they're they're giving um, the message. But the anointing flows from the top. And so if you have a spiritually dead leader and you are sowing and you're tithing and nothing is happening in your life, then you need to be questioned. You need to begin to question the place where you're oh, planted, yeah. because we serve a God that works in an accelerated fashion. And when I pray for things, it happens. There are people in my life that have been going to church, and, and just as though what you've just said, when I begin to pray with them and give them direction and instruction on what they need to do to begin to get what they're asking for, their life began to change in an instant. I believe that what is happening is, People go to church, they tithe, and and they sow seeds, and they feel good while they're there. There's a lot of praise and worship going on. There's a lot of entertainment, as I call it. Um, And when you leave there, then the anointing is gone because it's not planted in you. It's not growing. The anointing is not there. The spiritual anointing, the power of God is not there. There's a lot of people speaking in tongue and a lot of this, but that doesn't mean this person has power. The devil was doing all of that. So we have to ask God for discernment and for wisdom, and we have to know, hey, if the Bible tells us that, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, and that's not happening, then the Bible is not a book that it shall lie. Mm -hmm. So you have to begin to question, where am I planted? What ground Mm -hmm. am I sowing on? And that's been the problem for a long time. I say, you know what, why are a lot of Christian people broke? That's not the riches and the wealth that God promises us. That's not the promised land. That's not the the land overflowing in milk and honey. But what's happening is the, the pastors are giving us enough to fluff us up with what we need right then and there, but there is no power, no direction, and what are the next steps? What do I need to do to overcome this? What do I need to do to be successful? They don't know. That's true. But let me just comment real quick. Just to piggyback from my own personal experience, I've had to learn that um, a lot of times, in the well, most of the times in the Bible, there are conditions. Mm -hmm. God says, if you do this, then I'll do that. So sometimes we treat God like mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a Santa Claus, and you know we all only come to him when we want things. Um, and it's almost mm-hmm. like their friend who you only see whenever they want something. 
So sometimes we don't get answered mm-hmm. prayer because of our relationship or our lack of relationship. But I mean, you you're supposed to go to him. I mean, um, for not ev- just for when ev- you want anything. No, not just when you want for anything, but for everything. But I, okay, my question is, and I don't know how this is going to come across, is that um, why do I have to type? Because it's sensitive. Okay, but but why I should I should be able to go to God and just pour my heart out and ask for, you know I mean because he knows us mm-hmm. so you know me you know my heart you know what type of person I am you know I'm a given person I don't want to type but I I want your love and understanding and I want you to help me so you're saying that you're not going to help me because I'm not doing this what what are you, what so, are you saying definitely not asking me cuz you know <laughs> I'm new to religion. So yeah, no, that, that, that's, a, that's a great, that's really, really a great question. Uh-huh. Um, and and here's, what I, here's what I'd say. There, there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. And, and we believe that we deserve what we deserve whenever we ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to keep it real, we, we really don't, you know, I mean, God provides for us. We have a roof over our head. We have cars to drive. We have food to eat. We have clothes on our back. Our children are healthy. We're healthy. And so we ask for things. And, and I ask for things. And, you know, um, and I'll continue to ask for things. But here, here's what I believe. Here, and here, here's what I believe. Um, God also wants us to love one another. God also wants us to put our brothers and sisters before us put our neighbors before ourselves. God also wants us to, to be a certain way. And if, if, if you're asking, you know, if I don't do this, does that mean that God isn't going to do anything for me? Well, in the beginning of time, Exodus give, give us 10 commandments in which God asked us to follow. Um, and so a lot of us aren't doing a lot of, of what we should be doing. Um, now, is that a reason for us to be, you know, in, in poverty? Um, I don't believe that is the case. But here is the thing. We have generational curses, okay? We have generational strongholds and curses. My mother was a drug addict up until I, up until 16 years ago. My baby sister was born with crack in her system. And one of the things I had to realize is that my mother, my mother's mother, my mother's mother's mother, mm. and the generation's before that was the same cycle it was it was the same cycle poverty adversity drugs you know and so then i began to ask god and then god began to show me that it's a generational curse and people don't really believe in that but in order to break that generational curse, God has to break that generational curse. God has to begin to create in you a new heart so that you can begin to see things the way that he does, so that you can begin to act in a mannerism and receive the things that he actually has for you. The reason that we don't get what we should get is because we live by our own specs. We live by our own wisdom. And the Bible tells us that our wisdom is of, is of a fool. We're sheep. And you know, a sheep will walk, walk right out in the middle of the street and get ran over by a car if the shepherd is not leading the sheep. Mm-hmm. And so if we are a sheep, and I hate to think that I'm stupid because I think I know it all. I'd like to say I know it all. But we don't know it all. Our wisdom is not the wisdom that will get us where we want to be. So we really have Mm -hmm. to pray and say, hey, I surrender 
break every stronghold, break the generational curses, and give me the wisdom, knowledge, and the discernment that you have for me. Remove the veils off of my eyes so that I can begin to see things from your eyes and not what I know. All right. That's a good answer. All right. So I, let's, let's switch focus a little bit. So when I was researching information for the interview, I saw that you and I guess your fiance were named couple of the year. Yes, we were. Yes, by okay. uh, millionaires matchmakers in um, Houston, Texas. Yes, we were. Right, right. So um, I have a question. So the Bible really does not directly give any type of guidelines on dating or anything like that. Can you give tips on people who, um, both people who are in the faith, who want to know how they too can you know qualify to be couple of the year? What are your guidelines on on dating? Um, this gonna sound crazy, but I'm I'm just telling you the way that it has to be. Real talk. Keep yeah. your legs closed, ladies. Okay. Lord. Um, the legs need to stay closed. Okay. Um, when my fiance and I even met, and I, I'll be the first to tell you, he was a guy that was, you know, that liked to go to the strip club, like to drink, and like to just do things, you mm. know, and I say, God, this ain't the person for me. This this is not the person for me. I just I, I just don't think this this ain't for me. Mm -hmm. So what happened was in the very, very early stages of our relationship, um, he was on probation and when he went and reported it was something that came up from, you know, years and years ago. And so they ended up keeping him for five months. During that five months and mind you that I just met him, so I'm like, okay, I don't really know him like that. So, you know, he, he he's trouble. I can't do this. I am not coming to Atlanta to deal with this. Uh -huh. So God began to tell me that you need to send him some Bibles. You need to send him some books, and you need to be that a minister to him. God began to tell, tell me that you're not off the hook, Velma. Just because I, I told you to leave Houston and now you think you got it together, no, you, you don't. The party is just beginning. And so I said, really? And these are the conversations I have. Like, really? You know, because I can really hear God clearly. And so I began to send him books and stuff. And so when he was released, he wasn't the same person. Mm. And when he was released, I was firm. I said, listen, I'm not having sex until I'm married. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm just not doing any of that. I'm not going out to the clubs. I'm not going out to strip clubs. I'm not doing any of that, you know. And so he began to understand that. He didn't understand it quite at first. He just thought I was somewhere like, come on now, who ain't going to have sex? I said, I'm not going to have sex. That, that's who ain't going to have Those sex. Those were your values, right. Yeah, so I stood my ground. And so what I want to say is stand your ground. Yeah. Respect yourself. Dress for success. There you go. Dress. Don't, don't dress don't like have the your way girls you don't out. want to be treated. Right. Exactly. You don't have to show everything. That's exactly everything. what I was no, saying. You don't have yes. to show everything. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm a real shapely girl, and I get more attention with all mm -hmm. of my clothes on. You don't have to show what you got on. It's enough people doing that. So exactly. how are you going to differentiate yourself from doing what everybody else doing? You're hired. Respect yourself. Fired. Don't do it. <laughs> I believe that's And you're groundhogs. Stand your ground, and then you got to not work. A lot of women will say, 
Well, I'm scared he might leave if I do. The, guess what? If he gonna leave, he gonna leave he, anyway. Exactly. Girl, stand your ground. Exactly. If he leave, good. You know, it's like a numbers game. When a man tells, oh, you, when you tell him, oh, I'm not having sex till I'm married. Guess what? That's gonna run a lot of them off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but if you run them off, that's because they weren't meant to be there. God has something better, better. for you. You, oh my gosh! You know, I wish we had more time, but we we're gonna have to definitely bring you back on. Real quick, I want you to share how people can get a copy of your book and definitely follow you. Oh, absolutely. Um, the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, um, and also on my website, which is um, velmatrahim.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually touring a lot of people, bring me to different conferences, so um, I'm around. And so on Facebook, I am Velma Traham, and on Instagram and Twitter, I'm Velma underscore Traham. That's T-R-A-Y-H-A-M. All right. Just want to let you know that you have a lot of new followers and admirers on our um, on our social media. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael um, and team and the um, um Radio. I appreciate you guys, and you guys keep up the great work too. Thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much. Was, thank you. It was nice talking to you. Bye bye. Likewise. Bye bye. All right, you know what? Our next guest is already on the line. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So um, she was good, was she not? She was very good. You seem seem like you're going to have a lot that you want to talk about after this next interview. Absolutely. Correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, he just just hung up. He'll call right back. Um, But she was good. She was very good. Were there some things that you disagree with? Yeah. Well, again, like like I said, it's Mm -hmm. always always on us. On it's the women. always on the women. Okay, it's just hold that point. I just want you to meditate on that for a while. But um, our our next guest is I need a drink. <laughs> our next guest is Mr. Vernon Brown. He is located in Richmond, Virginia. Vernon Brown is the owner and the founder of What's Your Happy LLC. It's a hands-on happiness happiness um, coaching practice designed around the individual's true happiness. He is the happiness and success coach. His primary aim is to help anyone in getting his or her life back on track. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Vernon Brown. Welcome to the show, sir. Oh, awesome. Thank you for having me here. No problem. Um, we know we've tried to get you on a couple times, but we're so glad that you were able to get through. Um, I want to just start with this question right here. What is a happiness coach? You know, that's a world-class question. <laughs> I, uh, I get that often. Um you know, by my definition, is I am an architect. I'm not an archaeologist. It's not about finding out when things went south or why things happened, but it's about coming up with a plan and creating a plan and sticking to the plan of what we're going to do about it. Okay. It's about recognizing that happiness is not the vehicle, but is the battery that powers the vehicle. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. How are you? I'm you good. I'm doing well. Is this Nikki? My name is Paula. Nikki's here, oh, though. Paula, so sorry. Apologies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nikki is here, though. She says hello. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I'm Nikki and I'm a Paula. How are you? I'm doing well, and, I, and I'm extremely happy most of the time, right? Most of the time Most of the time, yes. Well, I dig it. That's great. Yes. Love is my favorite word, and I love being happy. Um, what type of clients are you looking to work with? So, for me, it's about 35, to 35 plus. There's a particular type of thinking that you need at that age that you just don't need prior to that. 
I'm looking for people who are really ready to take their life to the next level, who are really ready to use every single skill, gift, and ability that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a question for you guys. Are you using everything that you have right now to be successful? No. No. Yeah, and that's what it's about. Like, hey, what can I do to get myself to the next level? Mm-hmm. It's, um, I'm not trying to be long-winded here, but it's about realizing what has got you to a certain level of success mm-hmm. is what will get you into the way, what will get in the way of getting you to that next level because you don't need that skill set anymore. So more oh, often wow. than not, about 35 plus, it kicks in, and that's what kind of kicks us, you know, kick us down and keep us down if we let it. That was a good point. Yeah, that was that was very good. I like that. That's, that's so at what thought. point? So how do you gauge when it's time to 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 I guess employ those new, that new skill set that you said is going to get you to well, the next level? It's a funny thing, you know, and this is something you can even apply to yourself. If you keep seeing the same circumstances surrounding the problem, that is a pretty big indicator that, hey, maybe I need to do something different and find an answer that, um, and, and talk to someone who, do, who does not have a stake in my future oh, okay. and to see if they can point it out. Okay. I got you. My name is Justin. Do you always have the same approach with each client? Jeff, nice to meet you. It's um, it, it's different, and I let every single person know. And I guess when I give speeches, often, I, if you talk to one of my ten of my clients, all ten of them will say I have a different approach. It's because you have to engage people where they are, True. and we all do not think the way the same way. And if you don't approach a person who might be a bit more, you know, critical with that same type of style, you could actually be, you know, hurting a person. You could actually be doing more damage. You could actually be infuriating mm-hmm. them. So I'm a little, I'm always using different um, ways of thinking when I'm with the different clients. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have, back when I was researching, trying to come up with information and asking to be on the show, you actually have an interesting backstory about when you were a child about what led you to becoming a happiness coach. What, mm-hmm. what can you share with us about that? Well, it's a funny thing. This is probably my number three question I get asked. So from about when I was born to, I will say 20, things just, happiness was this concept. It was never really an emotion. I'm not saying I didn't smile, but it was something that I felt as fast as I would get it, I would lose it immediately. Mm. It would be like you got a million dollars, and all of a sudden someone would say, you know, to equate it to this, you got a million dollars, and they say, well, guess what? The taxes are $999,099, you know, just to it was nothing that was really concrete and was stable in my life. Mm-hmm. And so from that circumstance, I almost made some decisions that would have benefited me. You, know, you take a kid, you know, from birth to 20 who just didn't have a lot. You get bullied. You get made fun of. You, you, you were just an odd duck. I was 5'10 in school. I mean, I had the, the overgrown hairline. I went to my eyebrows. I, mean, I was just an odd guy. And, um, yeah. And from that, once I kind of grew out of that, which I literally did, I uh, went from 5'10 to 6'4 when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Once I kind of got out of that, I said, that, like, I want to do something different. And I want to, you know, have more fun in my life and have some adventure. So I went after everything possible. I started school with kinetic imagery, you know, a.k.a. animation. Mm-hmm. And from there, I said, well, I want to know why people do the things they do. And so I, you know, switched over to psychology. Mm-hmm. And when I got done with school, I wanted to do things that didn't label people. I'm not a fan of the, the, the diagnostic language. Even when I meet with clients, you know, no labels. You are a human being and you're capable of, you know, many things outside of whatever the diagnosis is. Hmm. 
But, um, yeah, I just went into action. I spent some time traveling. And when I got done traveling, I said, hey, I want to be in control of my own destiny. And I want to, I don't want to make other people money. And so, bam, I got with a mentor and coach. I'm a fanatic of having a mentor and coach. Everyone should have one. I have two. And at that particular time, my mentor said, you really should consider coaching. And I was 30 at the time. And I'm like, shut up, old man. But him being a great mentor that he is, you know, he pushed me. And I really sat back and I said, hey, I'm not old enough. And he said, you know, Vernon, you can live many lives before. And so that's when I was like, all right, let's go. So that's how I kind of got started off. My my question for you is how do you how do you keep your happy? How do you keep it? Good question. Oh, this is a question for everybody in this room. Do you all have it scheduled on your calendar? Do we have Are a you intentional about Are you intentional about scheduling happiness with yourself on your calendar? No. No. It's a funny thing. We have calendars for our bills. Mm-hmm. We have calendars for our work, but we do not have calendars for our happiness. I'm not asking you to take an entire day. I'm saying, hey, take 30 minutes. If your definition of happy is walking in the park, schedule it. We all have a different version of definition of happiness. What's your happy? And if you don't find out what makes you happy and schedule it often, you will buy things you don't want to buy because you will be, quote, quote, fulfilled. You will do things you really don't want to do because you're seeking it without even realizing it. But for me, I schedule it, and I stick to it no matter what. It's a funny thing. I've seen it time and time again over the years. And whenever people, whatever the circumstances may be, they're not doing the things that make them happy. I get that. I do. I like that. So we have a schedule I have. What is a little known fact about working with you? I'm very intense. Very intense. I'm big on the first, because I have 12 sessions to get it done. Uh, Three months. The first four sessions, you do not like me. You will not. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not mean. I just ask questions. The question. questions that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. The questions that no one else will ask you because they think they're hurting you. Mm-hmm. When it's not hurting for you to think. I make you think. Mm-hmm. Now, the second four weeks, you get mad at yourself because it's been right there the whole time. But you were too busy saying you don't know. And I don't know how, I don't know. And, um, you're like, oh my gosh, it's right here the whole time. And the fourth four weeks, it's about, all right, let's, you know, let's keep this going. How can I manage this? So it's um, the literal fact is the first four weeks can be a bit intense. Not mean, but I make you think. So you're like Nikki. That's pretty much how Nikki. When I first met her, I didn't like her for a while, but then, you know, yeah, she asked those t- <laughs> those tough questions. Yeah, exactly. So, so Vernon. Nikki's got a different story, though. What? What's different? Maybe you know something. I don't know. Nikki's got a different style of communication. She likes to understand. Okay. That's oh, true. That's, good. that's true. <laughs> you, you don't like to understand, Vernon? <laughs> Sir, you, you don't like to understand? Oh, I do like to understand. So I can get into a whole, I will literally just give our speech about um, about communication styles. Mm-hmm. So some people have a communication style where they want to understand the ins and outs of it. Mm-hmm. And some people, um, because they want to probe, they want to see, because they need to into it, they see it in their mind so they can kind of grasp it. Mm-hmm. Like, my, I'm, a, I'm a big understanding person. Big, 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 big. And I'm curious. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone, well, a lot of people to some degree do like to understand. And I'm not picking on it. I'm just noting a communication style. Okay. 
So when it comes to people changing, where do most people put their energy that prohibits that, that change? What's wrong? That's the first question. First thing, they always put into what's wrong. What's wrong thinking is what gets 99% of people stuck. What do you mean? What's if wrong? a person, so if a person with the what's wrong perspective, let's just say you want to, hey, I want to apply for this new job. Mm-hmm. A lot, most people, they put their energy into what could go wrong, oh, yeah. um, That's me. what they don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And what's wrong thinking trips most people up. Because you're taught to think what's wrong in school. You're taught to think what's wrong in life. And that's not, you don't need that type of thinking after you turn, you know, 20, 30 years old. So your suggestion is to what, not put, I mean, because when you come into a job, you know, what if I'm not qualified? What if I don't have the, 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 the you know, what all the experience that they require? Not necessarily what it takes. Learn. But I think to, you said learn. Most people think of, they, they think about what the roadblocks are versus what the options, opportunities, possibilities, and solutions. Mm-hmm. I've helped, I've coached so many clients who said they don't qualify for the job and they get the job because they looked at different ways to win. There's more than one singular way of approaching things. Okay. The more creative you are, which is the most awesome, you know, uh, most awesome way of being that, because you get really creative. You get like, how can I make this work? If I have no other choice, make it work. So you're just saying just take the bull by the horn and just go for it. Don't be afraid. Yep. Just go for Every it. Every single time. And if you don't know, let's just say you can't grab the bull by the horns. You know where the bull is at. Figure it out. Interesting. If you don't have the qualifications but you have the personality, meet them somewhere. Accidentally, quote, quote, run into them. Let them know how eager you are. People are always looking, and this is just for job, you know, qualification, and this does not work for every circumstance. I want to uh, kind of throw that out there, but look for ways to win versus for looking ways why it won't. Okay. okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Look for ways to win. I have to write that down. Look for ways to win. Okay. Right. We don't think enough, and that's why it's important when people are with me. The first month is tough because I make you think. You have thought yourself that you don't know. You have thought to yourself that I don't have enough. If I tell, if I say you can't say I don't know, you'd be amazed what solutions you find in 10 to 15 minutes. I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Of course not. You never wanted to. You kept saying I don't know. Exactly. Okay. Okay, next question. What's on the horizon for what's happening? What's your happening? So on the horizon for what you're happy is, I'm going to start doing, well, next, starting next year, I'm doing happiness workshops, uh, corporations and organizations, so they can get the most of their employees, so they can get them thinking of more solutions versus why things aren't working. Another thing that's going to get started is I'm going to be kicking off some online, you know, trainings and education for people so they can always access, um, access you know, happiness coaching, happiness trainer online, and that's going to be something that's going to come to the latter half of not a part of 2018. Hmm. Okay. So m- my final question for you is, is everything about happiness? My first reaction to that is, no, everything is not about happiness. But out of happiness, you can come up with, you can get more energy so you can see that options, opportunities, possibilities, and solutions. When you see all four of those, the options, opportunities, possibilities, and solutions, you might not be happy, but you will become very resourceful, mm-hmm. and you will become very, um, you, yeah, you become very resourceful because that's what gets people. Another reason why people get stuck because they can't see a way out. Okay. All right. So, how can people? Because you're you're located right here in our area, Richmond. 
Um, how can people uh, get in contact with you? How can they follow you and see about working with you? Okay, and, you know, thank you for that. It's uh, whatsyourhappy.com, and it's happy with an I. It's not happy with a Y. Okay. Awesome. There's also my email. It's Vernon, V-E-R-N-O-N, at whatsyourhappy.com. Okay. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's whatsyourhappy on, um, excuse me, Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash whatsyourhappy. And I post questions there uh, biweekly. Awesome. Vernon, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. You taught us a lot. Yes, you Open did. our yeah. eyes to a lot of things. We're definitely going to get that happy calendar. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. We got to mark it. Make <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's intentional. Exactly. Thank you so much. All right, guys. You have a great evening. You too. Yeah. Definitely going to go get that happy calendar. Yeah. I yeah. Think that or just add it to well. your calendar. Like it, it has to be intentional. Yeah. That's my new word. Everything has to be intentional. Right. So, yeah. You can't just expect it to happen. So what we're going to do real now, right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to continue ganging up on you. All right? So you're listening. Let's yeah. face it. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The odds of becoming a signed artist and having four number one albums. One in 100 million. The odds of going on to win seven Grammy Awards. One in 1.4 million. The odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism, 1 in 68. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Autism Speaks, it's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to me? And for Sheila... She, she has split ends. B, console her. No, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before we get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Get a little puppy team, man to man, mama to mama. Hey, Steve. Smell good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single, boy. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. I want to leave a footprint. 
Former club members Denzel Washington and Jennifer Lopez for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Every child follows a path in life. For many, that path will lead them to a door, a door that gives them a place to grow, to learn, to belong, a place to forge their future. For 100 years, the Boys and Girls Clubs have opened this door for America's youth. You can change a child's future. Support your local Boys and Girls Clubs. Great futures start here. To learn how you can support your local boys and girls clubs, visit greatfutures.org. Welcome back to Let's Face It. We're in the studio. We're trying to calm Paula down. Calm um, me down. Calm you down. Yeah. Did you learn anything from our, our two guests? I did. Keep your legs closed. That's what women need to do. That was <laughs> See, my biggest takeaway. I mean, when she said that, she I, said, I was, "Keep your legs closed. Yeah, you don't need to show everything." That. There's enough people doing that. Yep. I'm so glad that God sent her to reinforce <laughs> what I was what? trying I'm to teach you. Just to piss me off. That was that was that was good. That was good. There I was think that's so cliche, though. Why? You know, I mean, it's 2017. We know that we want to keep our legs closed if that's something that we decide to do. But if that's something that we don't want to do, women are not going to do that. And we're going to dress the way we feel. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that just because you look, like I said, I don't want to be redundant. Mm -hmm. But the thing of it is, no, you don't have, we've always been told you don't have to show everything. Right. You know what I mean? Let them have, and it's all about the man again. You don't have to show everything. Let them use their imagination. I don't want you to use your imagination because I want to dress the way I want to dress. Well, then you shouldn't be surprised so, when you all, get what you but get. But it's all about the man. It's everything is it's all about them. You need don't a hug. do this because of him. On behalf don't of men it. everywhere, you need a big hug. I don't need no damn you hug. <laughs> <laughs> you need a big hug. Y'all just let it I think let that's it, what it is. Let it do what it do. And okay. Because you know the point that I'm saying is uh, correct. Because everything is is geared towards the man. You, if you do this, you're not gonna get. The, you're not gonna get a man. If you do that, you'll get a man. If you do this, you'll get this type of man. If you do that, it's all about getting a man. W uh, women don't live their lives to get a man anymore because they're self-sufficient. They, they can do their own thing. You know what I mean? They don't need a man to complete them. That's what I'm talking about, and, and that's where the change comes in. Why are you looking over there? No, I thought I saw the phone ring. Oh, okay. Is it audible when it rings or no? Um, it's not audible. Um, I hope somebody does call in about what no, I said. It looked like it was flashing. Oh. Was it? Yeah. Somebody did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are they, they're not up there? There was like a minute up there. You probably, yeah, you if probably just call it. back. You saw it. Yeah. yeah, just you saw call it. back. Call back, yeah. <laughs> Sorry we missed it. But um, you need some help. Why do I need help? I'm just saying some women need to call in because I, I don't understand what frustrates me about some people when I talk to them is why they can't understand the obvious. If you dress that way, you're going to get that type of attention. You're, you're trying to prove to me that you should be able to dress that way and men should just leave you alone. Leave you alone but you're presenting all your girls out. You want to wear the tight jeans. No, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying about the. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You want, but you want to present yourself a certain way, marketing yourself a certain way, knowing that the male psyche, anybody's psyche, I mean, women look at you and probably perceive the same thing. That you're a woman after a particular goal. 
You trying to tell like, me that I you feel s- confident because I want to have my girls out. I mean, I went on a. Uh, I bought this dress, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. That was it's, it was um, blue and white, and I wore it on the uh, boat. But it was cut down here and cut this way. But yes, and my girls are out. But I felt very confident. It's just about being confident mm-hmm. in yourself. Now, mm-hmm. if you happen to look at me and be envious because I feel confident, that's your problem. I don't care what you think because you, first of all, a number one. You didn't spend a copper penny on what I purchased. Can, you, can, yeah. you, pl- can you please? On the opposite side of it, mm-hmm. we have so many relationships that occur in natural affairs when we don't get the attention from the men because of the way they dress. Because they don't look like they are looking for, not looking for a man, but they're not being but who say looking the part of that they want to be But what what I'm saying is that what what is it where is it written that we want to get a man's attention? Why can't we just dress why why it has to be this is what I'm my whole point. Why is it all about the man? Who says that I'm I'm dressing for a man? I'm not. But I'm dressing you, honestly, for myself. Honestly, that's a, aside that's from trying to Noah, prove a point that you're not proving very well. Can I you honestly say that for your own confidence sake, you would choose to go out in public or to a club or to an event, wherever, in public, in mixed company, with something fitted, with your girls hanging out? This is how you want to show your confidence. But and you're not trying to get attention from anybody else. Exactly. Because I'm I not saying... I just can't believe that. I'm you I'm must have low self-esteem. I, I do not have low I'm self-esteem. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying the person must have you, low you, self-esteem. You have to... What I'm saying is that you can have your dress sexy and classy mm-hmm. and have your girls out and with a, a um, tight jeans. Define shirt. girls out. Because what I'm saying, maybe I'm seeing the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm saying maybe spilling over the top. Yeah, no, You're I mean, talking about the little peekaboo hole well, and I'm maybe about cleavage. Cut, cleavage. You know, that's what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is, again, it's all about a woman. This is the point. Mm-hmm. It's all about a woman dressing for a man. Why can't she just dress for herself? Yeah. I don't care what how you see me, but mm-hmm. I'm dressing for myself because that is your imagination, that is your truth, and I can't control it. I can only control what I do and what I want and what's going to make me feel good. That's okay. that's my point. Okay. All right. We know we have a guest on the call. This is, <laughs> let, let's face it, caller, you're on the air. How can I help you? I was just uh, checking out your show on uh, online. Thank you. And Thank I, you. I was listening to one of the young ladies talking about can she overpower a man six foot four? Uh-huh. Don't, don't they know there's more ways to overpower a man than just physically? Mentally, she can overpower that man. Okay. And will that still be considered sexual assault? Okay, please, you would need to break answer. that down for me. Please answer. Yeah. No, he needs to break that down. I mean. Okay. How you want me to break it down? Because this is the situation. Okay, yeah. If tell you, me. you say you can't overpower a man that's six foot four. Yeah, we're talking about but sex. Go ahead. Mentally, mentally, you can overpower a man. And because if it's something that you want, you want sex, you can overpower him mentally. Because maybe he's not on this, that level that you want. And you outpower him with your mind. Would that still be assault? No, because I, I don't, I don't, I, I still not understand your concept of saying that we can overpower a man mentally. Are you, are you saying that a man is weak, and, well, which I always say anyway, is that um, men are, are weak when it comes to sex and women anyway because they, they can't control themselves. 
But some men maybe, tell me that maybe, I'm incorrect because maybe. we can't control themselves. So what are you saying? Maybe he is weak because he can't control himself. Okay, you're that don't have anything to do with me because now you're not sa- saying. But if you get sex from him, maybe you use your mind over him and got sex. Just like he may use, however you say, he may assaulted you by saying something or continuously saying something, and you telling him no, and that you're not with that. This becomes assault. Is it the same way when you using your mind over him? All the time, sexual harassment is not always physical. Okay. I get okay. that. I get that part. All right. I don't agree, we, but I get it. We get it. We get it. Thank Call it. Man. Yeah, thank you for calling in. We appreciate <laughs> All that. All right. Thank you. All right. Man, well, let's face yeah. it, Paula, you're on the air. Thank you. How can we help you? Uh, this is Brenda Morey Kelly. I was calling in to respond. Hey, Glenda, how are you? Hey, Paula, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm looking at the live show. Yeah. So where are you at in the live show? Live? We're, we're talking yeah, about, we're ta- we were talking about, uh, what was the last point we were talking well, about? Well, we were talking about, um, well, the guy that called in, about women overpowering, can a woman, a woman can't overpower a man. Um, to and that uh, there are other ways to sexually harass, harass people. Yeah. Yeah. So he, we're saying that we're saying that I can't physically sexually harass a man because they're much stronger than me. That's mm-hmm. what we were talking about. And then when we're talking about dressing, um, what's appropriate, what's not. Appropriate. Glenda Kelly would be the perfect person. So Paula's stance is that she should be able to wear her girls out, form fitted, and whatever, and. She shouldn't attract the attention that men will give her by her marketing herself or her I'm package. I'm not marketing like myself. I'm not she should be able to do hey, that. Paula, slow down, slow down, Paula. I just have a – if you ever see me dress, because I don't have that many girls, so, you know. So <laughs> yes, Glenda. You're so crazy. I wasn't as blessed as you are, so I'm jealous. But I wouldn't – if I was blessed with all that you have, I would reserve that for the man that, that I have. Because, listen – God created us to be who we are, and but yet there's some privacy within what he created us. And we have to place things in perspective because we have to realize that the mind and the id is out there racing, the desire. It's going to always be there mm-hmm. because that's the intent. And so, therefore, it's like lethal weapons when you go out there and you got all your girlies showing, oh, and you don't know the mindset of those who are within you. Mm-hmm. Because we all are one. All of us are, are four, all of us are one. One conviction for being in jail for four years. That's the way criminal justice is set up. And the mind. And you don't know what the mind is of those who are out there mm-hmm. while you're slashing those boobs. Mm-hmm. And so that may be, and I don't even know there, you know, during the time when I was in Virginia State, one of the things they said, you know, they always said the cues like the titties and the, and, and, and the capitals like the thighs, or might be reversal. <laughs> one thing about men, let me talk about men. Okay. Okay. So if you know that, okay, and, and Barbara Sierra put something on her Facebook page about something that happened years ago in the um, in, in, in the television station. Mm-hmm. Well, this lady came in, and, and she had, you know, she didn't have no, not one bit of experience whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. But he's like what he saw, mm-hmm. and he hired her. Mm-hmm. That was a form of her sexual harassment because she was harassed the whole time she was there. She got what she got because exactly. she knew the motive for which she was being hired. So therefore, we have to be restrained. It's like the Bible says that if you know that the person who you sit beside is an alcoholic, why would you put a bottle of Kavachier beside them? Keep on drinking and get drunk. Mm-hmm. So, so we once again, not, wait, Glenda, 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 wait, hold on, Glenda. So man. what you're saying, but this is my point. My point is because we're talking women, really women versus men. And and a a woman's freedom to do as she wants, but again, we are conditioned as women that we have to do certain things a certain way because of what a man may think or do. And when because we have to define the the public, it's a public appearance. And what I mean, it's a public appearance. So when are you when, when are you free? Because we, this all started because we were watching I mean, this movie. She's got to have it. You got to watch it. Right. She's, she's got to have it. Right, but this it's a series. So we watched the series. So the this one, yeah. the new one. So this is how this all started because I was very impressed by what she went through when she wore this this black dress, and people were trying to define her because of the dress, and she was like she wasn't having it. And she and she just wore it and felt they were uncomfortable she, in it. But she was. But she was comfortable in it. Because it was her dress. Boom! That's what I was saying. It was her dress. Okay, so, but one thing is thing. Okay, it's two different things of what is right and what is wrong. Everything that's good is not right, and what everything is that right sometimes is not good. That's true. We have to have a godly discernment. If we say that we're going to project ourselves as God-fearing women, as well as not knowing how or what seduction or being seductive is. And to me, with all the boobs out is a form of seduction. So seduction, so, so the bottom line is that pretty much everybody is telling me that seduction should be it's private yeah. and in the bedroom. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. Well, you know, a man is always looking for a W-H-O-R-E now. He's looking for that now. <laughs> no, we don't. He wants you to be that in his bedroom. Oh, in the bedroom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ain't going home. <laughs> yeah, you can bedroom. go in and you can put on your G-scraps or whatever, straps <laughs> and little, little kid panties and go in your crack or whatever, but as long as they're in the room, then he can see it. Because let me tell you something. Don't put it in the street. I wore hot pants. Did you? Yes, sir. I was a hot pants woman. I was, I was, I was, I was something else now. Go ahead. Until I met Peter J. Kelly. Oh, and when it. I met Peter J. Kelly, the dresses had to go down. He said, "I don't want nobody to see what belongs to me." Exactly. And so what happens is, is that see, I can't get into the spirit of the lesbian stuff. Like I can't because what happens, and let me talk to you about that. And please understand. Now, Paul, you've been blessed, and um. Nikki's been blessed. I haven't been blessed like that, okay? But sometimes men like little teeny ones, you know? It depends on how much they have. You know, this is a this is a rated X conversation because we're talking about uh we're talking about exposure. Mm-hmm. And but we still have to look at the psychology of the mind of people who are out there. Mm-hmm. And the average person you don't know what their psychology is. You don't understand the ideology. You may not understand the spirituality, 
all the socialization and understanding was is culturally accepted. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that, that's that's true. I mean, I I I I understand your point. Um, that's true, mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to. To just take heed to it. it. I'm just gonna. Th- it. I'm gonna think about yeah. it. But Glenda, you've been Glenda, great. Yeah, thank, thank you for calling in. Thank you, Glenda, and thanks for watching. And God bless you. All right. All right. So hopefully you, you're getting enough people who love you, who are trying, yes. <laughs> trying to tell you to I cover, love cover those girls up. Yes. Okay. So you know what? I'm a, I'm a part of this group on Facebook called Speak Out, um, and one of the guys posted this question, which I want to I want to pose to you guys. It says, so the two of you meet on a social media website. It, stof- it starts off as just a hookup. Both know each other is pretty much a whore, just, you know, a free spirit or whatever. Suddenly, having sex turns into dating, and dating becomes a relationship. Now, he starts cheating, and suddenly you bring up his past. Is he wrong for cheating, or are you wrong for knowing that he was a hoe too and got him anyway. What say you? What say you? What <laughs> say you? Well, I comment. Okay. All right, guys. She's gonna do the comments first. Or or you is go the comments to this one or the previous? Okay. What are you so saying? So what do we do? Oh, so so you're saying that we started off just it was a hookup. It was just, just a hookup. We were just supposed, supposed to, to slap and tickle, and that's it. Slap. That's it. Okay. okay. <laughs> then we decided to date. It led, yeah, led to And a then we st- we decided to fall in love and have a relationship. And then this person then started, started doing what they, because you both knew that you, you were out there. It was just supposed to be a hookup. And then somehow mm-hmm. somebody caught feelings. You guys caught feelings or whatever. So there was caught not, feelings. So, there, so we both caught feelings. Yeah. So so was there a conversation had? That's, yep. that's what I'm saying. That's what's going to be my point. Was there a conversation had? When we caught these feelings, okay. So make it so if there was a conversation had that we caught these feelings and we decided there needs to be a conversation, right? There needs to be a conversation. Uh And if there's a conversation saying that we are in this to win it, we're going to have a monogamous relationship, then and then he started cheating. Yes, there's going to be some problems. But if we is it that slow music and slow music and flower bringing baby (laughs) all day long, (laughs) you know that's Paula B's motto. You know what I mean? It's all Uh about the slow music and flower bringing. But if you cheated Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be in this relationship, of course there's just going to be some problems because uh, once again, it's not necessary for you to cheat. You just need to. Just let me know what time it is, especially if we're not married. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because, you know, when you're just dating, you're not married. You mm-hmm. you have a commitment, but it's not a commitment commitment mm-hmm. um, to one another. So your I point mean, is just, pretty much that you need to have that conversation. You need, need to, to have that conversation. So even though we both met on this premise. Right, right. That, you know, things, I, I'm assuming that things have changed and we right. shouldn't be doing that. And anymore. we shouldn't be doing that. Too, because okay. it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Yeah, and and that's my whole thing. As you get older, you get wiser. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe, hopefully, hopefully, and yeah. I believe that when you're a certain age, there's certain things that you shouldn't do, especially if you've been in a dating game and you've been in relationships, and you know what that hurt feels like. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not gonna. I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt you. So I would rather just have the conversation. Okay. You got anything to say to that, or or you gonna? He's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> I am on your side with this one. Thank you. Um, I do think no matter how you met, uh-huh. if you turn into a dating scene, but if you got feelings, you turn into a relationship, 
you need to be held um, for your um, consequences. No, you should not cheat at all. Um, Is it understood? Should you have a conversation? Yeah, you should have a conversation. Okay. And then if you cheat, you just have to do the consequences, whatever comes. Whatever comes. So what do you think? I think there needs to be a conversation. But um, I think it's just safe for me to say. I think there needs to be a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think there needs to be a conversation. But, you know, like I used to be like, if you meet wherever you meet the person, where's they going to spend half their time? If you meet the person in the club nine times out of ten, they're going to spend a lot of time in the club. That's not always that. the situation. That's not always true. Mm-hmm. That's not always true. I don't agree with that. If you sit, meet somebody, you know, on the hookup chat line, whatever, they got the hookup chat line mentality. People do change. Yeah, people do change. There are situations where they change, but I'm just saying the average. What do you say? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I've had a situation where, I've, you know, hookups been not supposed to be in relationships. That's, that's mm-hmm. how I feel. That's mm-hmm. my perspective. Um, just because going into it, I just don't feel like the mindset is really right. there mm-hmm. that I want to last longer. Right. So, yeah, I'm kind of on y'all side. The conversation does need to happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just the hookups, I just... I try to stay away from those in relationship wise. You're such a good young man. I'm, I'm trying to you. watch the like mistakes that. and learn from them. Yeah, yeah. watch right. me. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't watch him. <laughs> I'm just saying, learn no, from no, my no, mistakes. No, don't watch him. He will have you behind on the str- right. He have no. you behind on the struggle bus for real. <laughs> okay, so th- this is another scenario. So Kevin and Casey just became a couple about after three dates. They feel romantically connected to each other and they've already had sex. Kevin wants to bring Casey to his parents' house for Thanksgiving. This will be Casey's first time meeting Kevin's parents, although Kevin has yet to meet hers. Is Kevin bringing his new girlfriend to his parents' house too soon, or should Kevin wait? This was uh, my situation, like, around this holiday. I was like, well, when is too soon to bring people around your family and stuff like that? After three dates, do you think that's too soon? I mean... To bring them home for the holidays? I don't. Think so because I'm. I'm just saying. I mean, once again, we're we're dealing with an adult. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know how comfortable you are with this person, and if that's something that you want to do, because you can see that you're going to be spending a, quite a bit of time with this person, and you're trying to build a future with them. Absolutely, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, because what what would happen? I mean, I, I mean, I would. Especially if they didn't have any place to go. I mean, I absolutely would invite them. <laughs> <laughs> you would bring them home. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah. So I'm gonna say. They can follow with them. Them lost puppies. <laughs> I don't. I don't see there's anything wrong with that. I don't. My only thing is, if it's not in concrete that you guys are a couple. Right. You could portray the wrong images. Every time they turn around, somebody bring home somebody different. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't do it? Not on the third date. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a big family. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of questions they ask at the table. Mm-hmm. So I don't want them to come on the third date because it's definitely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to pre-warn them. Especially when you don't know yeah. a lot of the questions, and answers but, to the yeah, questions. But wait a second. Mm-hmm. But what about people that meet, like, for the, like, meet for the first time and fall madly in love and they, these people have been married for like, They're like the exception 40 or 50 to the rule. years. You know what yeah. I mean? What about that? I've heard and of those type of people. Yeah, absolutely yeah. it happens. And they bring them home to the family and they say we we fell in love. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is the, what is the saying? Um, first sight. Love at first sight. Love, love at first sight. Love at first sight and I want to bring you home to my family and that has happened. Yeah. Normally when you do that it's like your small immediate family like me. When we had Thanksgiving for Sarah 
my uncles and aunts from out of town come in and all of that. So you got great uncles and aunts and all of that at a table together. It, it can be overwhelming for that person knowing you got to sit at that table with all these people. And it ain't like two or three people that you meeting. You meeting a big family. So it can be overwhelming. For me, I wouldn't mind it because, I, I mean, well, because, you know, I love meeting people. So mm -hmm. if you said, yeah, Paul, I want you to come over and meet my family, absolutely, I'm coming. You know what I mean? Because I want to meet everybody. I want to see, you know, learn about the family, learn a little bit more about But I think this is more if you're if you're presenting them as your, your, your mate your or your partner. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I'd okay. be cool with it. You'd be cool with it? Anybody saying they'd be cool with it on, on the air? No. <laughs> if you guys want to want to comment on it, just call seven five seven six eight three four four zero five. We have a few more minutes. Okay, so this question, um, another one in my situations which I have, a woman on Facebook. Her name is Issa Vibe. She posted a statement saying that men should not marry any woman unless he can afford at minimum a three carat ring valued at thirty five hundred dollars or better. When I first read it, I was like, she's crazy. But when she explained it, I totally agree with her. And it kind of reminded me, because I showed somebody a ring that I wanted. They were like, oh, my God. But I agree with this person, and that's why <laughs> it's going to explain. Okay, here we go. It says, stop disrespecting these women and asking them to marry you with, three, with these one-carat rings. If you cannot afford a ring, three-carat or better, approximately $3,500, you cannot afford a wife. It's bigger than being materialistic. It's about being able to see with your third eye. It's about being able to read in between the lines. Marriage is a business. Whether y'all like it or not, Disney messed up y'all's heads with the happily ever after phrase. You cannot start a business without some type of financial backing. What can we do for each other? Question mark, question mark, question mark. If you don't have enough money to spend on inanimate objects, such as a ring, you are not ready to be investing in a business like a marriage. Get back to the drawing board. Okay. I don't agree with that. You don't agree with it? Heck no. Why? So you're saying that my whole relationship is based on a ring, and I'm in don't love with you, it. You're taking out the point. You what need is to the be point? to a certain point in life. Like, if would you would you marry somebody who is homeless on the streets who have who haven't even gotten their situation together? Because they're relating uh, the business that you need to be able to invest in, that you need to be to a certain point in life to invest in as the marriage. So if this person that you want to date is not even to the point, and I guess it depends on what your vision and what you want your life to look like, mm -hmm. and your mate. You need to be able to at least to this certain point. The inanimate object here is the ring, which is $3,500. So if you can't even bring that to the table, then how are you going to be able to afford um, healthy, she said, we can't, what can we do for each other? How are you going to be able to help me build this empire of a marriage and then a family and the, our dreams and our goals if you can't even achieve the goal of uh, the ring? What did they say? We have a comment. Uh-huh. Someone called earlier that was beefing with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was beefing with me. Okay. Okay. Why does he say that? He said the inanimate object is going to be her? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't agree because here again is that even if they are on the same 
playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where is the love and the unconditional love? It shouldn't matter if you could give me a $3,500 ring or you could give me a $1,500 ring because at the end of the day, it's just about you and me. It's not about the ring and so me. So when you choose the person who, not your, just you, because you know you're the national spokesperson for women <laughs> today. <laughs> so women should only marry for love. You shouldn't be choosing somebody no, who I mean, can this, help provide this, you, this, help build the goals. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, the first time you get married, of course, you get married for love. You know what I mean? But All the time you should get married So you're saying you should get married more than once? No, hell no. I'm not saying that That's at all. Just said, no, but I'm just, because you just said to me. <laughs> go ahead. Exactly. Then as in your business, it starts from the ground up to build, and as you build, build together, it becomes a whole Mm-mm. set of businesses. I agree with I him. I agree with I that. that. Yeah, okay. I agree with now, I agree with on him. The other side of that, some people equate the, the size of your ring mm-hmm. to how much the man loves you. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. I've had But I think the ability to be able to buy that means you already have the means to be able to put it into a house. Yeah, I, I think that's what I I think too much too much emphasis is being placed on the like she said the inanimate object of the ring. It's not that. It's your ability to be to a place to buy that ring. So you should be at a certain status. Exactly. Not status but a, a certain point in life a because maybe her evident evidently security. Yeah. Um you sh- you should be I'm imagining this So person. what if the person never get? I mean, what what if it takes them ten years to get there? You're saying you're in love with this guy. You're gonna wait ten then years. Then if to your get goals there? is that that's the life that you want, then that's not the person for you. So it's all about the paper. It's pretty much what we're it's saying. Not, I'm not, not, it's not all about the paper, but, but it's not all about just being in love either. I don't think. I would never marry anybody just because I'm in love. I would never marry anybody. No. But that's something that's that's I something never that you, that's something that you I know a lot of people I know a lot of that's people who are beat no it's not. I know a lot of people who are dead in their graves behind being in love with somebody who beat their ass every day. Excuse <laughs> me for saying ass, but <laughs> who beat it every day. You ha- there has to be a lot more involved than just being in love. Yeah. But with, with me, I was always taught from my mama, my dad, and my grandparents, with the love become money, with the money come love. Mm-hmm. Have provide protection mm-hmm. and whatever level that is for you, that's your vision for your life. Right. Her vision for her life is evidently she wants to live large. Evidently she says, what can we do for each other? Evidently she already has the means to do it on her own. So the person that's going to come to her can't come to her with a one-carat ring, mm-hmm. is what she's saying. I mean, and that's, that's, that's different. I mean, for, for Ivana Trump, three carats might be like a one-carat equivalent. You need to come to her with ten carats yeah. for her life. That's, you know, it's, it's relative to whatever your situation, right. whatever I mean, you want that's in life. That's her truth, and, and that's, that's what she chooses to live by. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm saying that can't, it's not for all. So right. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. I have a better understanding mm-hmm. of, of what it is that you're saying, mm-hmm. and that's, that's her truth. Mm-hmm. Me, I, I mean. You have a different truth. Right. It, I mean, you can give me one carrot, two carrots, three carrots, a half a carrot. So just give you whatever. You really don't mind. <laughs> well, I, I want what I want, but if mm-hmm. you can't afford that, mm-hmm. I'm not going to. So where 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 else will you be able to make concessions then? Because so you can't find a job. Oh, don't worry about it. One, two, three, four, five, six months down the road, they still employed. 
Are you going to say, well, don't worry about it, baby, because I love you. I'm going to still take care of you. Yeah, because it's a ring. Because what if I lose it? I'm not talking no. about the ring. I'm talking about, okay, so the ring, you didn't care. You didn't have any type of standards about that. So when this, this person that you were in love with, that you married, decides they don't want to work anymore, there have been situations like that, and it's gone one, two, three, four, five, six. You're the only person going out making money. When is that? When, when are you going to make concessions I mean, for that? Yes, I mean, that's is love still enough? Is love <laughs> yes, still enough? Yes, I'm going to say absolutely yes. <laughs> love is still enough. I mean, All because right. you don't Paula know. Paula Paul <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't know. Because there's so many circumstances. There's so I'm many things. I'm not talking about they were injured, you know, they're under therapy. Or You're just saying they I'm just, just decided that they just. trifling Negro. Oh, they trifling. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, yeah, well, then that's. But that's for a, you, love is enough. No, but you said trifling, so you added another word to that. So well, I think then I don't have an issue. man who is able and does not choose to work, especially if he's married, is trifling. Right. Right, and then after a while, that, that does wear you because if you're going to work every single day mm-hmm. and they're not, you know what I mean, for whatever reason because they just decided they didn't want mm-hmm. to, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a horse of another color. That's bringing a whole different spectrum to the thing. Oh, man, okay. Okay, I got you, I got you. Um, we did not get through a lot of our um, we surely didn't. topics, but it was a good conversation. I appreciate it. It was. Yes, and thanks for our people. We had a lot of people that – he was commenting on Facebook, I mean, YouTube Live. Thank you for that. And on um, Facebook Live. Thank you, Nikki, for bringing those up. Thank you, Miss Glenda Kelly. And who else was talking? Rhonda yeah. and Glenda and Nate and all those. Thank you so much Thank for that. Thank you so um, much. I have fun. Next week <laughs> is our final show for the season Christmas already. Party. December 6th. I have not figured out. Yeah, you know, out. my birthday is December 13th. December, December 13th. December 6th is my mommy's birthday. Oh, okay. All right. December, babies. What is that? Sagittarius. Sagittarius, the best sign ever. Really? You got to read about it. Taurus is, but okay. No. Okay. It's Sagittarius. All right. All right. Well, thank you two for. Did you want to. Did you have any. Where okay. you want people to follow you or anything no, like that? No, I'm sorry. Get your girls out and all that. You, nobody. Yeah. They're going to follow you anyway. So. <laughs> girls. Um, what about you, Minister Gravely? Did you want. No, sir. <laughs> nothing like that? Don't follow me on Facebook. All right. Don't follow you. Okay. Well, until next week. And we have our graduate. Graduating, we're so yes. proud of you. <laughs> You'll be graduating <laughs> on the 16th. Yeah. All right. So next week, our final show. Make sure that you tune in. Until then, everybody, be blessed. Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around, providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today, from personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships. No subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. Benefit from no ATM fees nationwide with a Columbia Bank Advantage Plus checking account. Use any ATM anywhere nationwide for total convenience. Make any ATM your ATM. For Advantage Plus checking, receive credit up to 10 surcharges or $30 per statement cycle, whichever is less at domestic ATMs not owned by us at charge of transaction surcharge. Maximum rebate of 360 for 12 statement cycles. All offers are subject to be withdrawn at any time. Member FDIC, count on Columbia. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? 
Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 